The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Beitza has been dedicated anonymously of Meir ben Esther. Amen. has been dedicated as well Amen. We bless our anonymous sponsor that Bezat Hashem he should be blessed with Arichut Yamim, health, Oshel, Veoshel, Vechavod, and Bezat Hashem should be Zochem in the near future to raise a family uh, and continue all his good work for the community. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. Eddie B. Sit in honor of Mr. Uri Nadam. Hashem Alehem Yehiu Amen. Daf Lamed Bet. Today's daf is being studied by Anishmat Abraham Ben Esther. Hashem Tanihinu Began Eden. Amen. We begin today's daf on Lamed Bet. <coughs> and we will start on two, three, four, five lines down, starting with the words Taratsta. Let's just review. We had an opinion on yesterday's daf of Shemuel. Uh, Shemuel's statement was that. Let me go back. Regarding Chotamotche Bekarka, you have these uh, seals uh, made out of uh, ropes that are tying down the covers of the uh, cisterns in the ground. So, Matir, you're able to untie them. But you're not allowed to unravel them, you're not allowed to break them, uh, cut them. Why? Because that's considered soter. And since they're connected to the karka, so soter be karka is asur. However, if they're attached to vessels, not attached to the ground, Matir umafkiya vehotech. You can do anything you want. Because in binyan veinstira bekelim, which means you can take a knife and just cut the ropes and uh, destroy them. It's no problem. And he held ehad shabbat vehad yom tov. That this law applies ben b'shabbat ben b'yom tov. So Tarat Gevara asked the question to him, brother Metive. So what are you talking about? How are you telling me that what? That it's uh, uh, on uh, Yom Tov, you, 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 can, you can only be matir, uh, uh, you can only untie. We learned in the Mishnah where if you have a pedot that are in a room, right, there's bricks, and uh, you want to get to the fruit, so the Bimi said, you can break the uh, wall down, soter, so it's only rabbinical, and there you can go into the room and get your fruit. So therefore you see clearly, uh, we have a Tana that holds, that you could be over, Isudra Banan of Soter, Vichbod, Yom Tov, and I want to get the water. It's in the system in the ground. Breaking this uh, ropes is only Isudra Banan, and therefore Chaurat should be uh, permissible. So the Gemara answers, Shimon says, what do you want? You bring me to Bimir? There's only one opinion in the Mishnah. If you remember the Shittaf Hachamim in the Mishnah, they held, you can't break the wall. To get the fruit. So I'm going like Hachamim. Uh, I got a Tana like me. So the Gemara says, what are you talking about? We have a statement that clearly says that even the rabbis of Al-Mishnah that were mahmir by the case of the wall, 
Amekel, by the case of the Chotabot. And we explain from the Slach, what's the explanation why? Because by the wall you have two problems. You have Stira and Mukseh. Because the bricks of the wall are Mukseh. Mashiach in here, by the ropes, the ropes themselves are not Mukseh. So the Rabbi is a lenient. So back to Shemuel, who are you relying on? Oh, Shemuel has another Tana. Once we start on Amud Rishon over here, we say he's like, he has a Tana that says, Chotamot Shebekarka, Yematir. Bingo, that's the Shittav of Shemuel. He's got a Tanah. But the end of that Dvaita said, Shibikeli. But if it's in a vessel, Bishabat Matir Avalo Mafkiya Velo Chotech. So on Shabbat still, even if it's in a Keli, you can only be Matir on Tai. And on Yom Tov, you can do everything. But Shemuel's statement was that when it comes to uh, a Keli, Ben b'Shabbat, Ben b'Yomdor, you can do everything. So this Braita, while the Resha works out, when it comes to Chotamot Shebekarka works out for Shemuel, the Sefa is not uh, in that agreement. So the Gemara says, Tarat Stalecha Resha, Ela Sefa Kasha. The Gemara says, Ha Mani Rabbi Nehamiyai. Who's the author of this Braita? Rabbi Nehamiyai. Remember we learned the Masichet Shabbat, a very interesting opinion of Rabbi Nehemiah regarding Kelim and the usage on Shabbat. Let's take an example of a knife. What's the primary function of a knife? Uh, to cut meat, let's say. Not used for eating purposes. <coughs> the primary function of a knife is not to cut ropes. Now, we hold, so what? So long as the rope cutting is a permissible uh, function, use a knife. Uh, the knife is not Muqseh, and I'm doing something that's permissible. The Bin Nehemiah, uh, he said no. He holds that a keli is only allowed to be moved on Shabbat for its primary function. A knife is for cutting uh, meat, you can't use it for cutting ropes. And therefore, that braita that we just quoted, that says on Shabbat, if you have the hotamot on a keli, so the Qur'an, there's no problem of stida, doesn't matter. Since the, the knife is the problem, not the destroying the ropes. Since picking up the knife, it's not its main function, it's Mukseh. So the Gebra says, Hold it, you want to tell me that's Rabbi Nehemiah? My Iriyash Shabbat afilu Yom Tov Nameh. What are you talking about? This law of Mukseh applies to Yom Tov as well. So therefore, why in Yom Tov did he say then, you can take the knife, and uh, unravel, cut them. I thought you just said a keli is not taken, only the tzorich. Not tzorich, not tzorich. So the tzorich, not tzorich. So maybe you're me, listen, not all shavuot are created equal. Which means the shavuot of Shabbat is more mahmir than the shavuot of Yom Tov. Which means, maybe I'll tell you the mukseh of Shabbat uh, with Mahmir. You can't pick up the knife because the knife is not its primary function. But on Yom Tov, we're not so makpid on, uh, you know, it's not so, so, so serious. So the Gebra says, Umi Shanile? Does it mean that you make a look between Shabbat and Yom Tov? We have a blight. Actually, the Gebra is going to quote a series of three blightot. Blight number one. Masikin bekelim ve'en masikin b'shivle kelim. Right to number one, Yom Tov. You have a keli, regular keli, a wooden vessel. Is a wooden vessel mukseh on Yom Tov? Of course not. Since it's not mukseh, the Brayta says 
Masikim Bekelim. On Yom Tov, you can take this non-Mukseh Keli, throw it into the fire, and use it as fuel. But you can't use Shivrei Kelim. Why? Because Shivrei Kelim become Mukseh. It's not that. So when the Keli breaks, so now really these new uh, shards or wood chips that we're going to call them, they become Mukseh. And therefore you can't take the Shivrei Kelim and throw them into the fire on Yom Tov. That's the first Braita. Kelim, yes. Because Kelim are not Mukseh. So just like I can pick it up to drink, I can also pick it up to throw it in the fire. But Shivrei Kelim, that are now considered Nolat, Mukseh, Asur. Braita number two. Whoever you want. You can use regular kelim, you can also use shivrei kelim. Obviously this bright over here doesn't subscribe to mukseh. Third bright, you can't use anything for fuel. Not a regular kelim, and not certainly shivrei kelim. So now the Gemara has to reconcile who these two bright is going like. They contradict each other. So Gemara umeshani lakasha. Har bi Yehuda, Har bi Shimon, Har bi Nehemiah. Very good. Brighter number one that says Kelim yes, Shivrei Kelim no. Obviously, is the opinion that's working with Mukseh. Since regular Kelim are non Mukseh, I could move a regular Kelim on Yom Tov. Yeah, so I could throw it into the fire as well. Shivrei Kelim on Mukseh because it's no lad. Who's the opinion that subscribes to Mukseh? The Biuda. So brighter number one is the Biuda. Brighter number two that said. Ben Bekelim, Ben Beshevre Kelim. But they hold Shevre Kelim, that means they don't hold the Mukseh. Who's the opinion that's leaning to Mukseh? Shabi Shimon. Good. Brighter number three, that comes along and says, you can't use anything. You can't even use Kelim. What do you mean? Kelim is not Mukseh. No, that's called like the Nehamiah. Because the Nehamiah says, since what's the function of a Keli? To use to drink, to use to, to eat from. It's not, so the primary function is not for hasaka. Therefore, that brighter that says and masikim bekeli can use anything for fuel. That's going to be Rabbi Hamya. So what do you see? That when it comes on Yom Tov, Rabbi Nehamya is mahmir on mukseh. He holds also and davar nital el letzorich tashmisho. So go back to the question. You want to tell me? Oh, that brighter over there. That talked about the um, the hotamot that said you can't take the knife and you can't uh, on Shabbat and you know break the uh, the ropes. Oh, that's the mehamya. That's in kelini talat sort tashmisho. So the Gemara asked the question, hey, but on Yom Tov he allows you. That same bright allowed Yom Tov. So maybe the mehamya is lenient when it comes to this on Yom Tov. You see clearly not. You see clearly from this brighter that you cannot take kelim or shivre kelim and use them as fuel. Why? Because a kelim, that's not its primary function. So we're back to the question. Who is the brighter? So the Gemara answers. Yeah. We actually have a machloket tanaim. How to interpret the Hamya. And what's the machloket? One rabbi will say, like the brighter says, yes, on Yom Tov is lenient. Which means he is Shani ben Shabbat the Yom Tov. And the, this rule of his, that in Klini Talel and Surah Tashmisho, is a Shabbat rule. But it's not a Yom Tov rule. That's when the Braita, the Bina Hamya allows you on Yom Tov to take the knife and break the Hotamot of Kelim. Oh, we have a Braita over here that says, in Masikin, Lobe Kelim, Lobe Shavre Kelim. That's another Tana that learns that the Bina Hamya indeed is Mahmir on Yom Tov just as well. Good. So we answered the Braita. Now, once we answered the Braita, our Braita, by the Chotamot, let's go back and see exactly how this fits in with Shemuel. We had a question. Shemuel, 
you say that on on Chotamot of Kelim, Utar, Lehatir, Lehafkiya, right, you could do everything. You could be Chotech, Ben Bishabbat, Ben Miyotot, like Kelim. Right? So we said, hey, you got a Braita against that. He said, no, no, no. That Braita, you should know, that says on, on Shabbat, uh, it's Asur, and Yom Tov, it's permissible, that's Rabbi Hamya. Which is, in principle, it's Mutar. From the laws of Soter, it's permissible. It's just that Braita was going like Rabbi Hamya, that's got another side problem, that you can't pick up the knife, because the knife is not its primary function. So Shemuel doesn't go like Rabbi Hamya in that, in that regards. Shemuel holds, Kelini Talitzorich. Uh, that therefore my problem is not the knife. Uh, so what's your problem? Stira and stira bekelim. So I could I could say Shmuel holds like that brayta. He just doesn't hold of that prat of that of Nehemiah held in klini tal el torah tashmisho. But in principle, the brayta is exactly Shmuel. Uh, but that brayta is more like Nehemiah in that thing where he says you can't take the knife on uh, on uh, Shabbat. To, 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 to cut it. Not because of stira. Not because of stira. Yeah, you can use your hands. Bidiuk. That very good point. He's according to Shemuel. According to Rabbi excuse me. Very good. You'd be able to use your hands to break the uh, the ropes. Why? No stira. So Shemuel just holds it. You not only could use your hands, you can even use a keli uh, as well. So therefore, Shemuel is supported by this braita. Now we move on to the next Mishnah. Matniti. En pohatin etaner vepeneshu osekin. Now we discuss different things that are asur on Yom Tov because you're making a keli. What is a ner? Ner is the receptacle that they used to put the oil in and the wick and they used to light it. It's called a ner. Now, out of the uh, craftsmen make a ner, you should take a raw piece of uh, clay, right, or pottery. Uh, that she says was like the shape of an egg, and it was unfashioned. It's, it's a regular egg. There's no bit kibul. There's no uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know receptacle. And what do they do? With their fist, they start to pound it soft. They start to pound it. Now what happens? It creates like a cavity, mm-hmm. and now already you're making a keli. So that uh, situation of making the cavity into the uh, uh, clay of the potter. Is going to be a surah yom because that makes it a keli, right? En pohatin etaner mepeneshu ose keli. Now the Tosafot has a different understanding. Tosafot wants to say now that in itself is really not considered a uh, making a keli. That's pre-stage. And the keli is not done. It's, it's very early in the stage. A lot of processes that follow. For example, after you put the, uh, uh, the hole in it. Tosfot says they would subsequently fill it up with, let's say, straw, and, and then put it, it in the kiln bake to bake it. And the reason why they would put straw in it is to keep the hole opened mm-hmm. so it doesn't collapse. Mm-hmm. And they would take it out, take the straw out, yeah, and then, and then put it back in oh, yeah? to the kiln the second time. Oh. So it says, to take the straw out. Because that already is considered, you know, the gabar of the kli. In you don't diminish from the kli. So it's different. Look at it. It's exactly what the what stage over here they're going to get you on to make a uh, to make a uh, keli. Okay. In any event, <coughs> right. Even before you put it back in the kiln the second time, already it's considered gabar keli. In any event, that's the first rule of our mishnah. 
ואין עושים פחמין ביום Coals were specifically used by uh, jewelers or goldsmiths, you know, to heat up the gold, to soften the gold, etc. So therefore, to make a coal on Yom Tov, it looks like you're doing it to make a keri, making a vessel. But for what? For goldsmith. That already is going to be a sur. That's why she says, For the goldsmith, is considered a keri. You're going to have to make a keri on Yom Tov. So therefore, making pehamim, on Yom Tov, how would you make a pahamik? You take a piece of wood, you extinguish it, you know, and then it becomes uh, blackened, etc. That would be uh, a soup. Number three, the petila. You have a wick. Okay? I want to make two wicks. How do I get two wicks out of one wick? Cut it. So now I made a wick. Wick is considered a keli. And therefore, it's uh, a suit as well on Yom Tov. Last but not least, the Biuda says, Chotcha Biur. He says, no, you want to cut the wick? You can't cut it with a keli, but with the fire you can cut it. The Gabbara is going to ask, what's the difference how you cut it? Bottom line, if you cut the wick into two, using a keli, using the fire, bottom line, you made two wicks. So therefore the Chaura, what should be the difference? We'll wait for the Gemara. So again, basically the principle of this Mishnah is making a keli on Yom Tov is Asur. That is the um, theme. That, that is the theme of the Mishnah. Now, comes the Gemara and says, Mantana, who's the author that says, Difhitat Ner Manahu? Who's the author that says that before you, before you put it into the fire, that's already considered a mana. That's considered already a uh, keli. Which means, according to Amishnah, once already you pounded it, or that you pounded it, you fashioned it with your fist and made a, a receptacle. We're saying already this is considered uh, a keli to be hayav on Yom Tov, uh, you know, for being ose keli. So the Gibran wants to know who's the uh, opinion that holds even at that stage. This is considered a keli. You're calling it a keli, not only going to be hayav uh, on Yom Tov, the chaurat should be a keli for tum'ah. Because we know for tum'ah purposes, it's got to have a bet kibul, it's got to be, uh, it's got to not only have a bet kibul, it's got to be considered a keli. If it's unfinished, so it doesn't receive tum'ah. So one of who's this opinion that says just at this stage over here is considered a keli? Amar of Yosef, Rabbi Meiri. Titania, what does Rabbi Meiri say? Keli heres. Me'ematai mekabel tum'ah. At which stage does a keli heres receive tum'ah? Meshenigmera melakhto. Devre Rabbi Meiri. From when the melakha is finished. What does it mean meshenigra? Eshi hakikatam. What's your hokek? Once you dig out and dig it out, that's what Nigmaram Belachto. Even before you put it in the kiln. The Biyoshua Omer, someone say they changed the Biyoshua to the Biyuda. Because the Pluta of the Bimir is usually the Biyuda. So I think the Rashash changes this to the Biyuda. In any event, the Biyoshua Omer, Mishitsiarfu Bikilshan. He says, no. To be considered a Kali, it's not a Kali until you actually put it in the Kibshana. She says, Mishi Hazekim. By putting it in the fire, it makes the keli strong. Depends what type of keli you have. The, uh, the klima ticket, for example, uh, how do you strengthen it? You put it in cold water. If you heat it, 
you, you put it in cold water, it's mechazeket. But can you have the opposite? You put it in the oven and you make it, uh, make it hot. In any event, that's the machloket. So you see the Mishnah is going like who? Rabbi Meir. And Rabbi Meir says, what is a kid go down to Tum'ah? Right, Mishin Gemara, Melachtar, once you did the Hakikah. Amalei Abaye, Mimai. Who told you to make our Mishnah like Rabbi Meir? Dilma, Akano Kama Rabbi Meir Atam. Which means, maybe I'll tell you, you know why he says this to Ma? What's the, what's the uh, ramifications for something we can build to Ma? Kind of a bit kibul. Mm. Once you have a bit kibul, so then already uh, it receives to Ma. That's why when, when, when they ask me, so then the Mishnah Miruk is what they become that way for a bit kibul. But here on Yom Tov, before you put it in the oven, and you just pounded the the clay, and you you, you made a bet kibul. But what 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 is it that for? Which means it's how could you tell me it's considered a mana? It's considered let's say uh, a vessel. You're going to be hayav because you were bone. What did you do over here? It's still it's soft. You didn't make siruf yet. It's still it's not uh, for anything. Which means lengabe. Uh, bottom line has a bed kibbul finished. It's considered hayaf. Mashaykin over here. What time it's over? What, 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 what did I build? Look at Rashi. Umimai. See Rashi? Umimai. Umimai is still a bimir. Bener. Kishar kedi hairis. Which means. A ner. Who told you it's like shar kedi hairis? Which means like this. The ner is very small, by the way. Right? So really, the, the, until you put it in the kiln. What could you use this nair for? Yeah. I understand a regular kili has its big. Yeah, a big kili hairis, once you have a bit kibbutz, you could use it for stuff. Because it's big. And therefore, we can build tumah. Mashaykh and even the Mishnah, what about a nair? This little item, no, you can't put oil in it really yet because it's, it's soft, not, uh, it's too soft. It'll, 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 the the, the kili will, uh, will fall apart. Look at Rashi. Uh, we might just feel that we made nair. You might not be able to put liquid in them, okay, but because it's going to soften it, because it's still soft, it'll be like dissolve. You can use it for fruit. Right. If you can't put oil in it, then my hazi. What are you going to put in it? So the Gemara said, "I'll find the can put it in." Haze lekebule be peshite, money, coins. So therefore, that's why I'll tell you in the Mishnah that really it's going like to be me here. Because we thought to say, "No, what did we say? It's becabel tumah." That's not a big keli hadis. Even though uh, my purpose of a big keli hadis is not say to put the wine in it. Hey, I can just becabel tumah. You can't put wine in it. You're right. I can't put because liquid is going to cause the it's still soft. You're right. Put fruit in it. Becabel oh, tumah. But now Mishnah. You didn't finish the kale yet. And what is it for? It's for oil. Can you put oil in it? No. You can't put oil in it. Look out. You didn't do anything. How can you see it? I have a bonnet. You made a kale. answer is, you can't put something into it. Maybe not what you intended, but you can put pesita. You can put uh, coins. So therefore, in Echidami, the Mishnah is going like the Bimi'ir. Huh? He's saying that the coins are Moksev, but we're not talking about Yom Tov. We're just talking about it just being... Uh, yeah, it's Saoui. That's the point. Yeah, it's Saoui. It's Saoui to put uh, Peshita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Correct, correct, correct. You're, doing, you're not putting the coins on Yom Tov. Right. But Saoui, that's the point. It's a, You did a keli that has a finality for something. That's it like that. Right. Amre. We have a different version. Amar. Rabbi Yosef, 
Rabbi Eliezer is Bisadoki. Same question. Who's the author of the Mishnah that says when you pound the Kediyaris uh, and make a uh, you know, receptacle, you're going to be high up? Who is it? The Bilezim and Bitzadok. Where do you see the Bilezim and Bitzadok? We learned in the Mishnah. Al-Fasin Harniyot. What is Al-Fasin Harniyot? This is a Ka'ara. This is a flat plate. Harniyot is the uh, villages. Okay? And in the villages, they weren't makpeed that their kidim should be beautiful and fashioned and nice. All that. They would just take a piece of hedis, they flatten it out without finishing it really, and uh, they would use it as a uh, ilfas, which is a uh, platter. Okay? And they would eat basar on it. They don't wait even to make hakika. Normally, uh, you like dig out a little, you put it in the fire. These guys, they would take a hedis, just make it flat. You could put meat on it, yeah. so it doesn't even have the aesthetically, you know, the curve and all that. No, they weren't into the mojo. Right, yeah. the flat keli, and what the Mishnah says, al fasin harniyot tehorot beoilamit, which means if they're in oilamit, which means if they're in that tent of a mit, halakha says no. Oilamit, the only type of keli that become tame, you have to have bet kibud. That's a hot. The Torah says only uh, bet kibud. This is no bet kibud over here. Oil and milk cannot become uh, sus- these kelim uh, cannot become susceptible. However, vetumat and also vetmeot bemasazav. However, when it comes to a zav, it's a person that became tamei and a mission that makes him an avatumah. There, the Torah says that even if uh, the zav or the zava moves. Not even touches it. The, the, the Zav is holding a stick. With the stick, moves the Kili uh, Tameh. And the rabbis learn that normally a Kili only becomes Tameh from inside. Right? But here we see that a Zav can be with Tameh not even with touching. We call it Hisset, just by moving. So therefore, the rabbis learn that you don't even need a Kli Kibut for, for Tumat Zav. So if a Zav, even by moving this uh, platter, it's going to become Mekabel Tumah. That's Tanakama's opinion. Rabbi Yahya Rabbi Tzadok Omer Af Taharot Zav. He says even when it comes to Masah Zav, it's going to be Taor Lefish Shelon Nigmera Melachtan, which means he didn't make Hakika exactly. A keli is not considered a keli, which is for, for, for a zav. It's gonna be keli, but I don't care. I don't care. You're telling me that we're well, you know you don't need a bed kibul, but it's gonna be called a keli. He's telling you until you make Hakika in an ilfas, it's not called a keli. Oh, very good. So just like we found by tumah. That a keli is not considered a as a hakika. That's yeah. he's the author of Mishnah. That means on Yom Tov, once you make the hakika, oh, now it's called a keli. Once it's a keli, we have on Yom Tov. Mm-hmm. So we say we have Now the Rishonim point out that uh, the Mishnah uh, could be also Tanakamav this Brayta, because Tanakamav this Brayta, they're more Mahmid than Rabbi Yaakov. They hold that uh, even before hakika. It's considered a keli. So kol sheken when you make hakika, it's considered a keli. And they all even without the hakika, it's become a So the Rishonim point that you out. We could have said man tara was the author of Mishnah tara kaba of ilfasin aydaniyot. But since we don't know who the Tarakama's name is, so therefore they said, I Tana is Rabbi Le'ezim and Yaakov, because we can put a name to the Mishnah, so therefore it's picked up. But it can also be Tarakama's one. Comes the Gemara, Rabbi Sadok, comes the Gemara and says, Who said, Amal Abaye, Dilma'at, Kamal Kamal Rabbi Le'ezim and Rabbi Sadok, Hatam, 
Ela de Hazi le Kabule be Midi. Again, same, same, same point that Abaye. Over there, you know why he says it's Mikabel Tum'ah? Because bottom of the Ilfas, you can put stuff on it. Which means it's, it's, um, the Hazi le Kabule be Midi. You can put uh, something in the uh, Kelly. And therefore, Rabbi Azabi Sadok will tell you, when you make a bet kibul, when you make a bet kibul in it, and the ilfas is a big kelly, yeah? when you make a bet kibul in it, it's going to be kabel tumah. Because now it's la'ui. But here, in a ner, when you make a little bet kibul, you can't put oil in it, where are you going to put it? Same answer. Now, since you can put, you can put uh, coins in it, which means dry stuff, therefore it's uh, subject to. Gemar uh, Keli, and they're going to be Hayah. So basically, what the Gemara did over here till now, tried to find an author of our Mishnah. We have one of two options: either the author is Rabbi Meir, or the author is Rabbi Liazer, or Rabbi Tzadok. Tanur Banan, and Pochatin Etaner, ve'en Osin Ilfasin Harniyot Biyom Tov. Right, you're not allowed to make these Ilfasin on Yom Tov. That is Tanakama's opinion. Mm-hmm. Tanakama's going to hold that even though you didn't make the bet kibul, so that's called like the other rabbi that we just learned. And Tanakama, the other writer, uh, that says that no, even just making it uh, without a bet kibul, at that stage going to be hayam. Rabban Shulam Gamliel, Matir Fasin Haniyot. Rabban Shulam is going to say no. Until you make the hakika, it's not going to be considered asud. Now the Gemara is. Uh, question. My harniyot. What is this word harniyot? Ilfasin harniyot. Amar of Yehuda, arniyot. Different word. Arniyot, like you can come from the word like here. People from the city. So the Gemara says, my arniyot. What is that word arniyot? Amar of Yehud, sa'eh haklayata. The vessels or the dishes from the villages as opposed to the, the dishes from the big cities. The people in the big cities, they more into the fashion to make it nice. However, the people in the villages, they're not so much pizza, therefore they call it Ilfasin uh, Arniyot, which really is Sa'eh Haklayata, which is the vessels of the villages, and therefore they don't make it with a bit kibul, and that's why they uh, had the whole subject. Comes the Gibran says, What do we say in the uh, Mishnah? You do not make coals on Yom Tov. Why? Because it looks like you're making a keli as a blacksmith. Peshita. Well, of course. Uh, what's, the, uh, what's the question? Lemai Hazer. I need a Mishnah to tell me I can't make a coal. You have to remember, the olden days they didn't use coals for cooking. So therefore, if you're not using it for cooking, of course, that's what we all, g- g- give me a reason why I would teach you to make a coal. What, what's there there? Obviously, you're making a keli on Yom Tov for, for, for something that has to be a suit. So the girl says, no, no, no. Which means you got to give it to the bathhouse attendant for that day. The bathhouse attendant the used to heat up the water. person wants to take a bath, hot bath on Yom Tov. How do you heat up the water? With coals. So therefore, the Gebaraz is assuming over here that on Yom Tov, uh, if you want to uh, take a uh, uh, bath, you know, hot water, so therefore you're allowed to take the coals. And therefore, I would think maybe it's mutad because I'm giving it to the uh, to the bathhouse attendant to make the uh, to heat up the water. So the Gemara says, what are you talking about? Which means I'm giving it to him the coals before Yom Tov, okay? Before Yom Tov, and he's going to heat the water up before Yom Tov, right? But so on Yom Tov, I'll have hot water that was made from before Yom Tov. So I can tell you what, we all agree that to eat water on Yom Tov is a suit. Because the Torah is only matir ochen nefesh. 
things for food and for things that are needed by all people. Everybody gotta eat, gotta eat. Right? The guy can go without eating. But to take a full shower with hot water, not everybody is so finicky that needs to do that. Therefore, Torah is not matir that. Good. So what am I doing with these coals? So the governor is thinking, hey, you know what I thought I should be mutar? I'm giving it to the bathhouse attendant before Yom Tov. Hey, listen, uh, we want, uh, want to take showers on Yom Tov. But we know you can't lift the water on Yom Tov. Okay, you know what? Take the uh, coals today out of Yom Tov. Heat up the water. In order that I can take a uh, bath, so we're assuming at this point that if the water was heated from before, it's okay. So the Gebra, what are you talking about? Gebra says, No. Remember we learned in the Masechah Shabbat, the rabbis made a gezerah, that not only water that was heated on Yom Tov is asur, that's for sure, that, that's not a gezerah, that's just asur, that's Torah, but even water that's heated from before Shabbat Yom Tov is asur. Why? Because the bathhouse attendants were fooling around. They were coming along and saying, we heated it, we heated it before, meanwhile they really heated it on. So the Gemara said, how could you tell me the Pehamim? Uh, the Pehamim have no function. Don't no, no, give it to the Beit HaZetan. What do you mean? It's a Gezira, you can't give it to the Beit HaZetan. So the Gemara says, no. Kedah Amar, Rabban, Leaziyah, Vekodim Gezira. Hachin Amir, Leaziyah, Vekodim Gezira. See, there was a stage, even after they were Gozer on bathing, bathing still saunaing was permissible, yeah. which means steaming, steam, uh, steam room. Now, you're not taking a bath. You're going into the into the place. You're putting uh, 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 coals to heat up the uh, water, and the steam would come out, and you'd uh, take a sauna, take a steam a steam room. That was permissible at one point. Yeah. So therefore, I and, and I would have thought that this gemara is talking about at that stage, which means maybe the coals have a permissibility to give it to the bathhouse attendant, lazia, and it's called them gezera kamash malan. That what? Since it looks like you're using it for. Goldsmith, it looks like you're making a keli for something that is asur, and therefore you cannot make the peham on Yom Tov. Peshita, not peshita. I'm not just permissible. Permissible for what? For the bedhouse, that's yeah. Kamash malan, it is still asur. Comes the Gemara and says, "Ve'enu hotkiri ta pitnal shnayim." So we said, "But you cannot cut the wick into two. What's clear because you're making a keli." So the Gemara, but the B Yehuda said, "If you use a fire, it's permissible." What's the reason that you're telling me that a sakin you can't use the kamitaken mana beur? I'm sorry, the kamitaken mana, because you're making a keli, right? You went from one to two. Beur na me kamitaken mana. In the ur also, what's the difference? Bottom on the fire is causing you to make two wicks. Taner bichia chotcha beur. It's something like this. The guy wants to use both both wicks. It's one wick, right? But he wants to use uh, both wick, uh, two wicks to light. So what does he do? He puts the head of one in one keli, in one nid receptacle, and he puts the other head in a, another receptacle. Now you have an arc, right? You have an arc now, right? Now I want to light both of them. So what do I do? I go to the middle, light. and I light both of them, and in one shot what happens? You lit both? I, lit, I split them, but I lit both of them. So since I'm lighting both of them, it doesn't look like I'm making a keli. It looks like I'm lighting, uh, I'm lighting wicks. So therefore, in such a case, if you just take a, a, a knife, no, and you cut, uh, you make it two, uh, two wicks. That's the problem. However, if I'm doing uh, uh, ur, in a case where I want both of them to light, so that's why it doesn't look like I'm making a keli. I'm lighting. So that's the case of you. That was Matthew. Look at that sheet. The fish ten nerot, top line. Noten. Shnei rashia betok shnei nerot. You put the two heads of the wicks in two receptacles. Im sarich radikan. 
keachat umadik beemsa. Right, you light it in the center. The lo mukhar letekonem ana mechavene la la daka be'almat. So the mukhar is doing it to make two. So I have to light it. Happens to be as a result of the lighting, it comes out to two. But that would be permissible again for yom tov. For for, for 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 the purpose of Yom Tov comes again. Amar Binatan Bar Rav Natan Bar Abba Amar Rav Mochatin Et Petila Be Yom Tov. Literally, you're allowed to trim the uh, wick on Yom Tov. The Gemara says, "My Mochatin." What does this word Mochatin mean? Amar Rav Hananya Ben Shlamia Leiduye Hushka. In order to uh, take away the darkness. What's the case? So the case of is you have a wick. On top of the wick, there's like black. You know, sometimes the wick doesn't get a cold over there, right? Yeah, it's, it's cold. So what happens? If you're going to light it, that blackness is going to cause the flame not to be uh, bright. So what do you want to do? I want to trim the top of the wick in order, the black part, in order to make it, uh, you know, have a good, uh, a good draw. So that's the way that she learns. Look at that she, that she says, There's a peham on top of the... Uh, of the wick that causes the uh, the, the light, light to be darkened. So the Mishnah, the Beraita is here. Mochatin et apetit abiyom tov. That's mm-hmm. going to be because really the wick is there. All you're doing is uh, fixing it a little by taking off the uh, the, the wick on top to uh, to do such a thing. It's not Now the Tosafot, if you remember on Daf Chavbet, uh, we had uh, a similar uh, situation. If you go to Daf Chavbet. Quickly, if you go back, <coughs> the Gemara over there discussed the case. One liner. The Gemara over there said, right, right after that, the Gemara said over there, Amarat Kanba Shari. What is Kanba? So that she said, Kanba limhot rosh petila shanasa peham. Exactly what the Gibran is saying over here, Rav said over there, but he called it Kanba. So Tosfot says, Oh, how could you call Kanba mehaita? The Gibran is different, uh, different lashon. Mehaita is mehaita, and Kanba is Kanba. So Tosfot wants to understand what's the difference between this Gemara and Dafka Bet, that says Kanba Shari. The Awad Gemara says, both are permissible, but what's the uh, what's the difference? So Tosfot said, we read inside Kanda Shari Perush Rashi Belaz Lemchot Rosh Petila Vosef Pecham Veloni Ida. That it doesn't make uh, doesn't make sense. Why? Why? So Tosfot goes on to say, "Tele kamam perekam mevi kari de mochatin etanir." My mochatin aduyi ashcha velo kamal acha kiyai lishna. Right? Use different lashon. Datam lachen nere de tre hetuye. There's two types of hetuye. Yes, echad b'shash dolek. Sometimes you trim it when the actual ner is lit. Ve'ainu aud le kamam, which means as it's lit, but the coal on top is causing the fire not to give a brightness. So you play with it a little as it's lit in order to take away some of the some of the black, right? Ve'yesh echad le'achar shekaba, and there's another type of hetuye, the mohatin, after it extinguishes, shemetakerinu takedesh shadik maher. There's two different items. Kanba, what do you want to call this? Kanba. Kanba, yeah. Kanba, that's shari, that's what we want to call it to Tosafot. After, no. 
after it extinguished. Mm-hmm. And now it has this black on top, so you want to prepare it so it will light faster. That's mutab. Our Gebra is saying will be a different item. Mohatin, even when it's lit, and there's a fire, but the fire is not coming up so strong because of the blackness on top, it's still permissible to make mechita. So that's what Fortune makes a between the two sugyot in order to... Huh? Okay. Why was that she say that's meduyak? No, uh, yeah, a, you, you can you can you can argue that in the over here. Okay, I, 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 you can argue that in the over here. when it's lit, and if we doing when it's lit. Okay, there are some mishonim that harunim that wanna put the shi into safot together. Okay, we go to the next case. Tane bar kapara. Vav devarim neemru beftila. There were six halakhot said regarding wicks. Gimel lahmir, the gimel lakir. Three lahmir, three lakir. Lahmir is the following three items that are asur regarding wicks. En godlin ota lechetahila beyom tov. You cannot twist them. I mean, make a wick. How do you make a wick? You take cotton or whatever it is, and you you know you twist them, roll them in order to make a. A uh, wick that is uh, spun or uh, woven, however, they make it to make it stay. That's good, good alin. That's making the wick itself. That's considered making a keli. But that's a sur. The en mehabhebin ota beur. What is hibhub? Hibhub would be uh, you would singe it, right? But until you use it once, it doesn't really catch the flame. So good. So you want to singe it on yom tov in order to. Let the flame catch. So that's going to be as what's called ibhub, uh, which is uh, asur on yom tov. That's also considered making it a keli. Then hotchin otalishnayim. Now we know that already. You can't uh, cut it into two. That's making the die making a keli. Lakel, what's the linyan? Mimachabiyad. If it's made already, the wick is made already. It's just that you want to flatten a little, little to give it a little better shape. So with your hand, you want to You want to flatten it. With the hand, that's like considered making a kili. Therefore, it's mutar. Veshorab b'shemen. Furthermore, you'd be allowed to soak it in oil. Why you want to soak it in oil? In order that the flame. Uh, should, but you're not doing anything to the wick itself. The wick is made. You just want to soak it in oil. So therefore, it would be uh, permissible. Uh, which uh, the Meidi says the hadush, even though you don't want to light it now. So hadush is you want to soak it now for later usage. Still permissible. Mutar. Last point. Vechotcha beur befi ishtenerot. Like the Biuda, you're allowed to cut the wicks into two if you're using a fire. fire. Mm-hmm. Like we said, because it's not The wealthy people of Babel, mm-hmm. they are going to go into Gehinnam. They go down to Gehinnam, that is why. Like the fellow, Shabtai Bar Marinos, He once came to Babel. He went, he asked for a job. Actually, he asked for merchandise to sell. And they'll get a commission, you know, they'll make a partnership with him. He wants to make panazah. Do me a favor, give me merchandise. I'll go out and sell it. I'll take a little profit and we'll make business together. They didn't give him. So then he asked, give me mezon, mezon, give me something to eat, give me, give me food so I can exist. They didn't even give him uh, something uh, to eat. Amar, he said, Hane me'erev rav ka'atu. He says, these people, they're not Jewish. 
they must descend from the Erev Rav. The Erev Rav was the, uh, the rabble that came out with the Jewish people from Egypt. They were converts, uh, they converted, not really L'Shem Shalayim, they converted to be with the Jewish people, so when they came out of Egypt, so these people do not descend from Avram Abinu, the Erev Rav. Why? That Bore Olam will give us a measure of mercy, and therefore will have mercy on us. Anybody that has Rahmanut, compassion in his nature, that's a telltale sign that he descends from the descendants of Avraham Abinu. And therefore these people, that they don't have Rahmanut, you came for a job over there in Babel, and uh, uh, you know, they don't give you a panasa even, so therefore we know that they are Rab. So therefore they give us your digging nam. Why do you dig in Nam? Because the Gemara says another place that Abraham Abinu sits at the uh, uh, gate of Gehinnam, and anybody that uh, wants to uh, uh, get thrown into Gehinnam, Abraham Abinu saves them, because he says they have a Brit Milah, they make a Milah, and if they make a Milah, he uh, sends them out. But that's only if you come from the Zerah of Abraham. However, if you don't, you don't descend from the Zerah of Abraham, Abraham Abinu doesn't save you. So therefore, he said, you're the Gehinnam. Because when they're going to get to Gehinnam, Abraham's going to say, hey, you're I don't, uh, you know, I don't give you a, you know, a, a, a pass. Uh, so that's why he said, you're the Gehinnam. So Abraham's not going to protect them at the gates of Gehinnam. Ve'amar Rav Natan bar Abba Amar Rav. Kola mitzapeh al shulchan acherim. Anybody that anticipates uh, to eat at the, or sustained by somebody else's table, his life, his world is dark. Person is running around. Where's my bread coming from? He doesn't know. He should know. What he has in his hand is what he has in his hand is darkness. Now, how do we explain this over here? I mean, if a person has to eat by other people, I mean, he doesn't have, uh, he cannot uh, sustain himself. So what does it mean that his world is uh, dark for him? So there's different uh, interpretations over here. One is said by the Mi'il Tzedakah. He says, simple explanation, a person that's hungry, that cannot eat according to his own schedule, he's got to wait until the Balabai comes home to give him the food and all that. So hunger, Hazrat could cause blindness. And therefore, physically it's dangerous for him. The guy goes blind because he doesn't have, he cannot eat according to his uh, schedule. Others want to explain that Olam Hashach Ba'adur on a spiritual sense. A person that cannot, doesn't have food for himself, he's dependent on a balabai. Uh, the Derek edits is, you got to get home, if you're eating by somebody's house, you get there before the Malabite is there. You don't want the Malabite to wait for you. You're going to come late now, the Malabite is waiting for you, so you have to come early. Now, after you finish eating, it's not that it's just to get up and uh, leave. You have to sit after to shakarat tov and all that. So the uh, fact that you're eating by somebody else's house uh, or, or on somebody else's table, it takes a lot of time. And therefore, it's bitul Torah. Whereas if a person had food for himself, he could just sit down, eat, and go back to the Bet Midrash. So, Olam Hashach Ba'ado, the world becomes dark because the uh, eating by other people is going to take much time from a person's, um, from a person's time. Comes the Gemara and says, Rav Chazda Amar, Af Hayav Enam Hayim. His life is not a life. Now, what does this mean? His life is not a life. So the Mefashim explained over here, the Benish Chai says that it's talking about a case over here where now the guy who was a uh, Ani, 
that he was ne- he needed to uh, eat at other people's tables, right? Now he got a life. He got rich. So now you say he got rich. So you say, okay, the problem went away. So the governor says, no, Af-hayav and I'm hayim. Why? Because even if they becomes rich, he sees the people that used to give him uh, food. He's embarrassed. When he walks in the street, he remembers, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a rich guy here, but the guy reminds me, by the way, remember you? I used to feed you when you were uh, on your honey. So therefore, the embarrassment he carries, even after Af Hayav, even after he gets a life back, still end up Hayim, because of the Bushah that he has from seeing the people that used to support him at the time of his need. Comes Gibran says, Tanur Baran, Gimel Hayim, and I'm Hayim. Three people. That their life is not a life. Ve'eloin, hamsapel shulhan havero. Number one, uh, he's dependent on uh, his friend's table. Umish isto mosheret alav. A person that what? That his uh, wife is ruling on him, which is dominates him. So they may to explain over here what's the explanation that his wife is ruling over him. So the Ben Yoyada explains. Which means his wife is supporting him. His wife is giving him panasa. And therefore she dominates. Which means even if she says does something wrong, he can't answer. He can't get angry at her because she's uh, she's giving him panasa. So therefore his life is not alive because uh, the guy uh, he's being uh, controlled. Comes the Gemara and says, what's the third thing? Muslim Okay, the third thing is somebody that Yisurin is racking his uh, body. Obviously, his life is not alive because of the Yisurin. Someone has so even somebody that he only has one shirt, one shirt which means he cannot uh, go clean it. And what happens with the shirt? Well, the lice come on the shirt. And therefore, what kind of life he has? He has, the, he has to wear that shirt, but it's all uh, filled with lice. So therefore, he has no life. The case with the one shirt. No, it's possible he could delouse the shirt, which is sometimes he could take off the shirt, shake it out, and he can get rid of it. So therefore, there's a way out uh, for this guy. She said, Okay, now we go to the next Mishnah. In Shovrim Etacheres. We're talking about over here on Yom Tov, a person has a griddle. Now the griddle gets very hot. And he wants to take a fish, which is very delicate, and put it on the griddle and, 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 and cook it and uh, fry it. What's going to happen? But since the griddle is very hot, it's going to burn the fish. So you want to put something over the griddle so the uh, fish will not burn. So what they used to do in the old days, they would take a kilihiris, let's say, <coughs> right? Shivrech kilihiris. And uh, they would take these charts put it on the griddle, and put the fish on top so it doesn't get so hot. Mm-hmm. Or they would take, let's say, in the yard, like a paper, and they would put it in water, and they would put it over the griddle, and put the fish on top. So the Mashnas is over, and Shavinit Tahiris, on Yom Tov, you were not allowed to break the Tahiris for this item, because by breaking this, you're making a keli. Because now, the Tahiris, as it is now, is not only for this function. You want to break it now to make this little keli to put it on top of the griddle, not to save your fish. That's going to be Asur, or taking this niyad, and cutting it, mm-hmm. the paper, so you're making it into a keli as well, in order to fashion it to put over, you know, uh, under the fish. So that's going to be a suit. Kedakadashi, and Shavrim et Tahiris on the Mishnah Kishitzolim Dagin al Askala, Shekurin Gridla, that's the griddle, Hotchin, Kalim, Okash, Shiburim, they would cut, let's say, straw, something like that, or Shavrim Harasim, where they cut chards, or Hotchin Niyar. 
but they cut the paper, v'surin b'mayim, v'surin on the yard, agabe askira, they put the paper over the griddle, m'peneh, shamatechet mithamem v'surif at the dag, because the griddle metal becomes very, very hot, and it burns the fish, so therefore it's a suit to do this on Yom Tov. Ve'en gurfim, tanur v'kidayim, which literally means we're not allowed to clean out the oven on Yom Tov as well. Girifah, he has all the, let's say, the, the, let's say the limestone or whatever it is on the side of the ovens. It, you know, caved in a little. Now the oven has all this, uh, you know, uh, ashes and all this other stuff. So you said it. So you're not allowed to clean it out on Yom Tov. Different explanations are said. Either you want to say that uh, Rashi above learned, when we learned this case, because it could be a problem of Ashvoye Gubot, because when you're smoothing out the oven, you're, you know, you're filling in the holes on the bottom of the oven. To Tosfot didn't like that interpretation. He said we're talking about a new oven that wasn't used yet and therefore the final patish, the final process of making the oven functional is by making girifa therefore others say you can't make a girifa because the ashes are mukseh so therefore for different reasons it's been a suit on Yom Tov to clean out the oven and we'll see exactly more of this in the Gemara Avav Mechabeshin Mechabeshin you can flatten so you have, you have, let's say, ashes in the oven, and you want to just <coughs> flatten it in order that you can put the bread in. Yeah. If you're not going to flatten it, no. so when you're going to put the bread in the oven, what's going to happen? The bread is going to touch the ashes, you're going to ruin your bread. So you can flatten the uh, the ashes on the ground. makifin Another case. You can't take two barrels and put them next to each other, and put a fire in between the barrels, and then take the pot and put it on the, in between the barrels. Why? Because that's considered like making an oil. Because I have now two walls, and I have a, a, a gag. What's my gag? My pot. The pot that I put on top is a kedera, and it's underneath, you have the fire. So therefore, to take these uh, barrels, put them next to each other, and put a pot on top, is going to be a suit on Yom Tov, because it's like making an oil. Dami oh, lebejar, again, this would be a suit only midrabanan, because like making all the ends, we'll see exactly what this means. Literally, you cannot support the kedera with a piece of wood. Okay. The, the piece of wood is going to support the uh, kedera somehow. We'll see why that's a suud. No, you cannot take the door and use the door as a support for your kedera. You can't take a stick on Yom Tov and use it to guide the animal. You're in the Shutra Beam. I want to take a stick now. I want the animal to walk. You cannot use the stick to guide the animal. Again, we're assuming over here is because uh, you cannot use a wood that was not designated for this purpose, made of Yom Tov. Because normal wood is designated for Hasaka. And therefore, you cannot use it for something else. That's the Havamina of the Mishnah. We'll wait for the Gabbat to see if it will be the Hazab, the No, it is indeed Mutar. Let's just read Rashi. Let's read the word Mechabeshin. That's where we left off in Rashi in the Mishnah. Mashkibin ita efer ve'afar. You're allowed to flatten the efer and the afar in the oven. Shiyeh halak. So it'll be smooth. Mashpilo mashveu. But you lower it and you equate it. Shelo, you balance it. Shelo, you got the pot. We don't want it to touch the bread. It's going to burn the bread because it's touching the hot ashes. So you can just flatten it out. Mekifin, mekarbin zu etz zu. By bringing the uh, barrels next to each other. Hainu samuch, Rashid just gives examples of the way mekifin to mean to bring it close together. Next Rashid, the shapot alim kedera, ve'a'ur ben shte ha'biyot. And the fire is between the two barrels. Le shapot, le hoshiv, to place a kedera in between. Kol hoshavat kedera ala'ur kari yishifita. Anytime you put a, 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 a keli or a pot 
uh, on a uh, stove, it's called shifita. Right, placing. Let's say the guy doesn't have the tripod. Normally he would bake, he would cook with a tripod. You take the tripod, you put the coals underneath, and you put the uh, pot on top. He doesn't have uh, an oven. So what does he do? Why is it a suit to do this uh, mock oven over here that he's making? Because it looks like you're making oil. To support your... Uh, Kedera with a bakat. What do we say bakat is? Piece of wood. Kasama loaned to etzim in the hasaka. The figach mutzin in it's a kotashmish. Again, at this point, we're assuming that wood is designated for hasaka. Mm-hmm. You cannot use it for any other function. Now we start with the gemara. My tama. What's the reason why you told me in the mishnah you can't break pottery in order to put it on the griddle? Or the paper to put it on the griddle to save your fish. Mishum dekam mitaken mana. Very good. Tikun keli. You're making it a keli now. That's a suit. The end. Gorfin tarul vekirayim. We said you're not to clean out the oven. Dani Rabbi Chaya Bar Yosef Kamed Rab Nachman. So now we have a bright. And again, in the Mishnah that she said, uh, the reason why you can't do it is because it's be considered machshire ochen nefesh. Now we're going, now Hashtag's going like the opinion that says, well, Ochenefesh is permissible, but this is a preparatory to Ochenefesh, which means this is cleaning the oven out in order to go cook, and Hamishnah is the one that's Osir, Machshire Ochenefesh. So our Gemara says in the name of Rav Nachman, the im if shal the effort, ela imkein gorfo, but let's say you're not going to be able to bake or cook on Yom Tov unless you clean out the oven, mutar. Because our Mishnah is going to go like the opinion that says that even though Makshiro Ochenefesh is Asur, however, if you remember, we learned, according to the Biyuda, that any Makshiro Ochenefesh that, let's say, cannot have been done before Yom Tov uh, is permissible to do on Yom Tov. So in this case over here now, let's say on Yom Tov the, the ashes fell into the oven. So what do you do now? So you, you can tell the guy he can't uh, cook on Yom Tov, he can't bake on Yom Tov. So therefore, if there's no other way for him, to cook, it'll be mutar. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, "V'im if shalom mutar, it'll be yuda." Exactly, it'll be It's like the yuda was lenient. That if there's, uh, if, 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 if you couldn't do it, let's say on Yom Tov it happened. So therefore, machshire ochel nefesh will be matir if there's no other way for you to do it. The bitud Rabbi Chaya, a story. The wife of Rabbi Chaya, nafala ariha betanura biyomataba. A brick, one of the bricks on the side of the oven, fell into the oven itself on Yom Tov. And now she was hesitant to take it out. Because you know, we know the quantum you don't make a girifa, and then the brick itself could be mukse, uh, etc. So she wasn't going to bake. Listen, make sure I want good bread. What she was really saying is mutar. Uh, don't, 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 don't uh, now make inferior bread because you're not going to clean the oven out. Go clean the oven out. Why well, make sure I, I want good bread? Because what did we say? We just said that if you can't bake, as a result of this uh, impediment in the oven, it would be permissible. Rabat told his servant, Tavili bar Avza. I want you to make for me a uh, goose on Yom Tov. But be careful, I don't want it to burn. He was telling him, clean out the ashes from the oven. I don't want it to be, because what they used to do, they used to hang the goose on the, from the, the oven had a hole on top. So they would hang it inside the cavity of the oven in order for it to roast. On the sides, if there's ashes over there, the goose is going to touch the, 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 the ashes are going to touch the goose, going to burn it. So therefore he said, listen, I want the goose, but make sure it doesn't burn. Which means clean out the oven. Look at the first sheet, the first line. 
Liftam Why did Papa said I want was that Papa of Chaya? Chaya said I want good bread. Meaning, Kolomar Garfei Tanur. Clean out the oven. Tavidi Abza Salili Avaz Betanur. I make me roast me a goose in the oven. In the oven. Shetanurim Ayu Ketanim, small ones. Ufiem LeMala. The opening was on top. Vetoneat Sli LeTocho. Now you would hang the Sli in the opening on top. Vesotem Piv. Right, it would seal the opening. It gets hot. Vunitzla. Is dahar maharucha. Be careful from burning. Shaloyit harich. Kolomar gerof et tanur. Clean out the oven. Shaloyibu b'shulav davar gavoa. Right. That shouldn't have an elevation at the base of the oven. Kemo ariyah or even shulsak betanur shnogem betzu. Which is if it, if it's going to be something elevated on the bottom when you when you lower the right. slee in the oven, what's going to happen? The uh, the slee is going to touch right. the base. If it touches the base, it's going to be very hot. And it's going to burn. Amal le Rav Ira, le Rav Asher. Amal lan, Rav Acham mehutzal. Rav Bina tells Rav Asher. Amal lan, Rav Acham mehutzal. Rav Acham from Hutzal said, the more that you, you, Rav Asher, sharkin le tanura biyoma tava. What does this mean? Uh, she says, avde aduni, the servants of you, Rav Asher, which means you would actually take mud and insulate the opening of the oven in order to insulate so the air doesn't go in. Because when you're making slee, the air is no good. You want to make it good. So he says, what they were telling me they used to do is, used to take mud, take water, take mud, make a, 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 a mixture, a cement, on Yom Tov, you let your servants do this. What's the problem? The problem is Gibul. One of the Isurim on Yom Tov as well as Shabbat is Lash. That you're not allowed to make a, a mixture like this. That's considered the Lash. And therefore, how did you make this mud mixture in order to insulate the, the oven? But they told me that you did it. So he says, Amal and Avinah Vashem Amalan, Ravaham Yehutzal, Ravaham Yehutzal, so the more that you, Ravashem, Sharkin Leh, the servants insulate, Tanurabi Yumatava, they're making the mud. Amal Leh, so he told them, Anan Arriktad Defrat Samkhinan. We rely on the abundance of mud that's in the Euphrates River. Wow. It's made already. We live in Bavil. All we got to do is go to the Euphrates River, take ready-made. We don't, we don't make the gibul on Yom Tov. But the Gemara says, That's only talking about where you collected it and designated it from the day before. So otherwise, it's Mukseh. Which is, you got to go to the Euphrates the day before. You take the pile, you put it on the side. And now it is done there. So live on Yom Tov, you can go take it. Look at Rashi. Uh, Rashi says, We rely on the banks of the, of the Euphrates. And the Euphrates River on the banks of it is already mud. So the Gemara says, uh, Rashi, you have to designate it with a sign, and you have to also put it on the side. You have to make a designation, otherwise it's going to be Mukseh. So therefore you make a side, this is the Gibul, uh, this is the uh, mud that we're going to use tomorrow. Comes the Gibran, concludes, Amar Avina, V'Ketma Shareh. What is Ketma Shareh? So she says, L'Gabelo V'Latuah Modada Bagibulu. As she says, if you can use ashes, it's Mutar. Because when you pour the water into the ashes, since the ashes do not become, uh, no, they don't become congealed, so to speak, so it's permissible. 
comes to Tosafos, what are you talking about? Masechet Shabbat said, yeah. on an item that's not bad gibul, just by eating the water, it's, it's asur. So therefore, I can just tell me that, uh, that she, that, uh, you know, kitma, uh, shari. So uh, if you look at the Tosafot, top Tosafot, pirush rashi, legabelo v'latuach mo, delav bar gibulu, v'tema, damirinim b'shabbat, da'afilu b'netinat mayim, ala afar o ha'efet ba'alma, hu hayav. Mishu megabel, kamala ata, me'ad noter et ha'efet, me'ad noter et ha'ma'im ha'aron hayav. A guy put ashes in a keli. A guy added water, the guy that is the water is chayaf. So how can Rashi tell me that uh, no, when it comes to effort, it's okay. Wow. All the Gemara is saying, if you want to seal your oven with dry effort, uh, so that's permissible. Gemara is giving you advice. You can't use uh, afar with water. That's kibul. You want to seal up the holes of the oven with uh, dried edges? Okay, that's your option. That's mutar. Which means, if you, if you do it from before Yom Tov, it'll be permissible. Which means, if you put a water in from before Yom Tov, mm-hmm. again, then the Rari Kitma will be, because the problem is putting the water in. Mm-hmm. But it's not by Gibul. Which means, if you put the water in, it doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't stick, it doesn't get yes, So as long as you put the water in from before, then we would have to use the uh, ashes mm-hmm. under, as opposed to Afar. Because even if you put the water in before, once you start picking it up, what happens? Mm-hmm. It clashes. Yeah. It starts to starts to congeal. <laughs> so far, even if you put the water in before, you don't have a problem. Whereas if you put the water in before, it'll be permissible. Come on down, man.